Hey, it's Lisa Ann here. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the More Than Social podcast. I'm a digital marketing expert, self-development junkie, and your go-to for all things marketing, ads, and automation. I'm so excited that you popped by to hang out with me today, so let's dive right into the topic. If you've been wanting to up-level your business, but you feel like you've been holding yourself back or you're just kind of not sure if you're ready for that next step within your business, this episode is for you. Honestly, it gave me a lot of motivation, but also it kind of gave me that back-end push that I felt like I needed. So for those individuals who feel like they are undercharging, over-delivering, you want to raise your pricing, but you have that fear holding you back or whatever the case may be, or maybe you don't even know if you're ready for that stage within your business, like I said, this episode is for you. You are going to love it. But before I give all the away all the goodies that Chris shared with us, let me dive into the episode with Chris Kennedy from Chris Kennedy Coaching. Hey, Chris, welcome to the More Than Social podcast. Well, hi, and thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Of course. I am so excited for this conversation. Previously, before we pressed record here, we were getting into some great conversations, so I'm super excited to continue that conversation but share even more about you and what you do with our audience. So before we dive into the nitty-gritty, why don't you share with our audience who you are, what you do, and even what you love about your business? Yeah, Chris Kenny. Chris Kenny Coaching is the company. What I really help people do or what I'm most known for in the industry is helping people in the in service-based businesses position, package, and sell high-ticket programs. Now, where did my love for that come from? It came from periods of time in my own business. I started business back in 2008, and I had periods where I was massively undercharging, massively over-delivering. Um, and the thing that changed my life the most when it comes to like my impact on the world and legacy work and all that kind of stuff was when I learned how to sell high ticket. So it was transformational for me. So for that reason, I want to bring that into the world. I I just think that if I kept going the way that I was going, I would have burned out and then I wouldn't be here. I'd probably be back in corporate America working a job. So I guess that's what I kind of want to open up with is when we move into over delivery, some of you might be in that where you're going, I'm undercharging and I'm over delivering. I started to view that as a selfish behavior because, you know, we think we're helping, we think we're serving, hey, we're giving more value, more value, but and more value. But if you look at the end of the day, if you end up burning yourself out or you're priced in a way that's preventing your business from being sustainable, the long-term result of that is that you will impact fewer people because you'll end up burned out. You'll end up having to shut the doors. You'll end up resenting your work. You'll end up resenting your business and you're not going to build something that you're resenting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you have it. And I feel like we all (laughs) usually start our business because we found some sort of love for our business. But definitely if you're getting into that resentment, then what's the point of doing it? And then you kind of just backtrack (laughs) from there. But I liked what you said with if you're taking on too many people or you're under charging or over delivering at that point and you get to that burnout stage or you get to that spot where you can't be creative anymore, you're you're kind of doing your audience or your clients or your students a disservice because you're not in the right mindset anymore if you're kind of spreading yourself really thin, I guess what I'm trying to say. 
Yeah, and it's you know it ends up being exhausting. And the the interesting thing with over delivery or the hard part of over delivery is sometimes what'll happen is you'll over deliver, right? And then say you over deliver and your client just gets this amazing result. <laughs> so what ends up happening is you then create the belief system that in order for my clients to get a great result, I have to massively over deliver. So then when the next client comes in, you actually over deliver even more. So now there's even more over delivery taking place, and then. If you don't over-deliver, then you, you can develop the belief system that, hey, my clients are failing because I'm not giving enough. So, you know, either way, you end up like stuck in this massive over-delivery. I call it the over-delivery trap. You know, if they're getting results, it's because you're over-delivering. If they're not getting results, it's because you're not doing enough. And you have to develop the mindset that you're responsible to your clients, but you're not responsible for mm -hmm. your clients. So it's show up fully, show up at 100%. But if you sense you're over-delivering, then you are. Mm -hmm. And you don't want to back it down because, again, the long-term result is that you'll impact fewer people. Yeah. So is there like a certain balance that you try to help people determine from a delivery standpoint, from a pricing standpoint, or is that kind of a very broad question? Well, I think it's, I think people know, I think people intuitively know if they're over delivering. Cause if I say, if I say to you, are you over delivering and your hand goes up immediately, then you are, then you have to ask yourself, where am I over delivering? How am I over delivering? But I think that's, it's a very individual thing. It has to do with your brand. It has to do with your brand promise. You know, what are, what's the expectation? What's the positioning of the offer? I, I, you know, in terms of offers, you know, I, I'm all for simplicity. Everybody thinks, or I wouldn't say everybody thinks it's very common to think that if you're going to have a high ticket offer, right, that has to be this thing that has 3,700 bullet points in it, <laughs> right? So you're charging 5,000 for a product or service and you want to create a product or service that's 15, you might automatically think, hey, I have to add three times the amount of stuff in order to create a 15K package. And that's it's just not true because what's typically happening is what's already being offered is being massively undervalued. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what I tell people about that is you have to start to think about like what's the lifetime value of this thing, product service program that I'm giving. What's the ultimate lifetime value, especially if you're if you're a coach? What's the lifetime value of the skill set that they got? What's the lifetime value of the belief system they develop? If they develop more confidence through working with you, what's the lifetime value of being more confident? How does that affect their life? How does that affect their work? How does that affect their relationships? How does that affect their future? And what's the lifetime value? And it has nothing to do with time. And I think that's where we get tied up because as employees, we're paid for time. So we think that if something takes us three, four hours to help create in someone else, well, we can only bill, you know, maybe we're trying to charge 150 an hour or something. It took me three hours. Well, guess what? That's $450. You're massively, massively, massively undervaluing that you should be paid by the value, the long-term value of what you're bringing to the to the marketplace. Mm, no, I love that, and I feel like you hit like nailed it. Like people look at how much time is this going to take me, or how long am I coaching them through my program, or how long are they working with me from a client aspect, but it's what comes after. It's like even with a lot of stuff I do, a lot of the automation, a lot of the lead generation. Sure, it's I'm building that one system for them, but when it's running and when it's scaling and when it's optimizing for them, their business is booming. Like one of my clients grew 600%, but it's like, okay, my rates didn't go up by 600%, even though her business is. So it's, it's definitely thinking that long-term game for sure. That's, 
that's in there. Just remember this, you know, if we're stuck in employee thinking, we're going to get paid like employees. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to move that mindset and get out of time for money. And it's, it's value. It's impact. You're selling value. You're selling impact. And for example, like if, if you are, you know, giving somebody an online funnel that's converting, you know, the, the way to, to sell that is to ask questions that cause people to see the value of that funnel. So it'd be saying things like, what will change in your business when you have a converting funnel? Mm-hmm. Right? Not saying, hey, I'm going to create you a converting funnel and you're going to make an extra 100000 You saying that will land flat because you said it. Mm-hmm. So I want everybody to write this down. People don't argue with what they said. People don't argue with what they said. So the skill set is having them tell you. So it's like me saying to you, Lisa Ann, what will change for you if I teach you how to sell a funnel program for Mm $50,000? And you go, wow, that would change my life. That would change my business. That would change my results. That would change my my living. That would change my car. That would change, right? You're telling me, you're telling me. And then I follow up with the question, do you think I can teach you how to sell a $50,000 package? And you say, yes. So now what we have is we have you telling me my value. We have you telling me what my value will do for you. And I'm just sitting here on the receiving end of of that. And as you're doing that, you're convincing yourself to buy from me. Mm-hmm. So that's what's that's what's different when, when you look at how most people are selling or doing enrollment versus the kind of the proper way or more strategic way. It's just remember this. Their reasons for buying are inside of them, not inside of you. Write that down. Your potential clients' reasons for buying are inside of them, not inside of you. If I'm telling you all the reasons why my product, service, or program is going to be good or it's going to change things for you, I'm missing the boat because I'm telling you from my perspective why my product, service, or program is good. They don't really give a shit what your perspective is. They give a, they give a shit of how do they see it? How do they see their life changing? Because sometimes the answer that you get when you ask questions like that is completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody might say, Chris, I'm burned out. And if I don't stop overworking, I'm going to miss my daughter's first steps. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? That's not going to be in your list of things to share with a potential client, is it? <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's, that's a pretty damn compelling reason to buy, isn't it? But you won't get to that if you're not asking questions. Yeah. And it's, while you're talking, it kind of made me think about cars too. It's like there's same car, they get you from A to B, but there's different levels of a car that you can buy from a price point. But it's never like, okay, this one has a sunroof. Well, this one that's much cheaper also has a sunroof. But it's what does that ultimately make you feel? How do you feel when you're behind the wheel? What is it from an ego standpoint? Is it making you feel more confident? Is it making you feel more successful? It all comes down to how does this thing whatever it is, actually make you feel. Yeah, and you could even ask that as a car salesman. How do you feel behind the wheel? A a car salesman that walks up to you in the showroom because you're looking at a car and starts telling you all the great things about the car. Oh, look, it has this. Look, it has this. Again, now you're getting the salesperson's perspective. The better thing to do is to have them walk up to you and say, what is it about this car that made you stop? Mm -hmm. And look at it. What is it about this car that made you stop and look at? Oh my gosh, I like the rims. I, you know, I like the way the interior looks. I like, gosh, I sat in the bucket seats. They're incredible. I saw in the, in the, in the specs, it's got a 500 horsepower motor, right? So now they're telling you everything they like about the car. So much more effective than, than just 
you you just starting to talk about your stuff. Because here's the thing: what most people are doing is they're sitting down with people and they're having this conversation. Person says, "I have X Y Z problem. This is going on. This is happening. I don't have converting funnels. I I I don't have a passive revenue stream in my business. These are things you might hear Lisa had, right? I don't have this. I don't have that. And you go, great. I have the solution for that. Here it is, and here's the price." <laughs> and then ultimately what you what what you will then get is a price objection because you haven't established a gap. And let me explain you know what gap establishment is. The reason that people buy is because of urgency. So everybody write that down. I always say there's no such thing as a price objection. There's only an urgency objection. Sales happen, enrollment happens when the urgency for the purchase is higher than the perceived risk of purchase. Sales happen when the urgency exceeds the perceived risk. You have got to make sure that you are having a conversation with them about risk, about what's going to change for them when this comes about. Just saying, you know, hey, you've got this problem. Here's my solution. You've got no gap. The gap is the space between what's going to happen if they don't hire you and what will likely happen if they do. Mm -hmm. The gap between what will likely happen if they don't hire you and what will likely happen if they do. There's a huge gap there. That gap creates the urgency for purchase. Hmm. And if you're not establishing it in your enrollment conversations, you know, you're going to end up with price objection again and again and again. Yeah. Yeah. So it really all comes down to listening, but actually understanding where they are and where they want to go. Yeah. And, and yes, totally. Because people, you know, the, the perception is, you know, I have to convince or I have to enroll them or a common question I get is how do I convey value? Mm-hmm. How do I convey value? Chris, if I want to charge $15,000, how do I convey that value? And the answer is stop trying to convey value. <laughs> it, it just it ask questions. So they tell you your value. They tell you your value. That's essentially how it happens. You don't convey it. You ask it. You compel it from them. Mm -hmm. And when you learn how to do that, everything shifts. Okay. So if someone is, they've been in the business for a few years and they're at that point that they know that they are over delivering and they're at the point where they feel like they want to raise their pricing to get to higher levels, is there a certain time that you feel like is right for people to do it? Or is it based on, do you have the confidence to do it? Or like, where does that kind of fit in? If you've thought about it, it's time to do it. Yeah, I firmly believe that you, the universe only brings us what it is that we're ready for. So if you're consistently in the dialogue with yourself going, hmm, should I raise my rates? Hmm, should I raise my rates? Maybe I should raise my rates. It's time to raise your rates because all the things that you're creating in your experience are telling you to raise your rates, but you're currently resisting that. And you know, if you're in resistance, you're not going to create so, you know what I mean? That's that's it. We can't create from a resistant state of mind. So it's like it's trusting. It's letting go and trusting. And then it's understanding that everything that comes after that, you know, everything in every circumstance is a winner. It's a learn. So say you raise your rate. So you, you go from 3,000 to 6,000 or 3,000 to 5,000 or whatever it is. And then you have a few no's that show up well you have to look at okay what's the no presenting to me what am i learning from the no how do i have to show up more powerfully um, in order to create this enrollment and be willing to take the journey and you know the foundational mindset that's underneath this and i want everybody to write this down it comes from the law of polarity so law of polarity write this down everything in the universe has an opposite 
and it exists at the same time. Everything in the universe has an opposite and it exists at the same time. So what does that mean? Well, you can't have in without also having out. You can't have up without down. You, you can't have hot without cold. Nothing's hot without having cold to compare it to. Nothing's in without having out to compare it to. Nothing is left without having right. Everything just is, but it's left or right because it's being compared to something else. <laughs> All right? So why does that matter? Well, it matters like if everything in the universe has an opposite and it exists at the same time, if you have a problem in business, what else is present? Solution. Yeah. You can't have a problem without also having a solution. You can't have one without the other. So it's understanding that if this problem, I want to raise my rates and I want to get that rate. If that problem has entered your experience, that means that the solution for that problem is also present. And when you believe that and you behave from that space, hey, wait a second, I'm in this energy of crap, I should raise my rates to 10K. That means the solution for how to do that is in your experience. It's in your experience now. Not six months from now when you feel worthy or next year when the economic situation changes or the political situation changes. It's in your situation. It is in your experience now. The solution is here and it's here now. You have to move to the mindset of where's the solution? It's here. What am I resisting? Because here's the thing. If everything in the universe has an opposite and exists at the same time, and if a problem's present, then a solution's present. The reason people still have problems is because they're resisting a solution. Mm -hmm. They're in resistance to it. In other words, if I say to you, Lisa, hey, raise your feet at 45,000, and you go, no, 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 not that, no, not that, no, can't do that, not that, that's not the way, that's not the right, you move into resistance. Yeah, it's fear. Right? Right, fear. Okay. And look, we all do it. I'm not saying it, but that's where you need, you need the help. You need support, right? Because the current mindset, this is where we beat the crap out of ourselves, right? We try to solve the problem with the same, with the same thinking that's creating it. Right. We go into our mind and we say, okay, I'm at, I'm at a hundred thousand. I want to go to 300,000. And we try to figure out how to get to 300,000 with the same thing. And it's creating a hundred thousand. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Your mind doesn't have a frame of reference for 300 K. You're not going to be able to figure out how to do 300 K. But what happens is when you can't, can't, you beat yourself up. And then what that does is it validates the belief that you're not good enough, which is what keeps you at a hundred. Yeah. So, you know, we go around and we can go round and round and round with this. Yeah, it's it's definitely the fear of the unknown too. Like I feel like even when I started my business a long time ago, the rates that I'm at now, I used to laugh at people and be like telling me to do it. I'm like, yeah, right, I can never do that. But even from an investment side of things, if I want to invest in a new laptop, for example, that would stress me out. It's like, oh my God, that's a lot of money to put into a computer. But now it's like my mindset, but my journey and the level that I had to get to. Now I look back and I'm like, wow, I was so, I don't want to say stupid, but like, I feel so stupid because I'm like, it was just, it was pennies at that point. But it's like there, you get to that certain jump and it just, you get used to it. And now it's going to be higher and higher and higher. And as entrepreneurs, we continuously want to grow or get to that spot that we're happy at. But it's like, it, it's a whole mindset shift that you need to have. Yeah. And it happens gradually, you know, you know, and everybody's, you know, slightly different. There's people that I meet that can, you know, move a program from 5k to 15k relatively quickly. There's people that it takes longer and it's all about just getting your belief system to catch up this work. You know, I can sit here and say to you charge 25,000 or 30,000. Right. But you're going to, at the end of the day, you know, if somebody's working with me, what we do is we, we come to an agreement on what level of expansion are you willing to step into right now? 
and we work with that, we'll get a few wins at that new level, build some confidence, build some new beliefs, boom, elevate to the next level. That's typically how it works. So if you're at 3,000, your first, your first jump might be to 3,500. But we, in, in, the, in the time that we're spending together, your belief system is catching up. And, as, and all of a sudden, right, six months in, you're going, holy crap, I want to charge nine grand. And it's like, how did that happen? What happened? It, t- it takes place slowly. It takes place gradually. And we always meet people where they are. So once you get people to that next step within their business, let's just say it's that nine grand level, what do you feel like is that next challenge that they hit? Like, is it the selling of the higher tickets or what? Well, it, sometimes it can trigger like, um, you know, this whole like fear of, you know, I, I hate saying fear of success because I actually think it's bullshit. Nobody's afraid of success. We're afraid of who we're going to become if we're successful. We're not afraid of success. You go to the refrigerator to get milk. You get the milk. You pour it into your glass. You drink it. That's a success. You want to get the milk. You got it. You're not afraid of that, <laughs> but you're afraid of who you're going to become. So sometimes like if you start collecting nine grand, you might start to feel, oh my gosh, you know, are people going to view me as stuck up? Are people going to view me as arrogant? Am I going to turn into a jerk? Am I going to turn into a, you know, money centered piece of crap? What's going to happen to me? So this is where your money beliefs are going to come up, right? So what I want to say about money is this money will make you more of what you already are. Write that down. Money makes you more of what you already are. If you're a jerk, yeah, you'll probably be a bigger jerk with money. If you're selfish, you'll be more selfish with money. But if you're generous and authentic, real human being who's here to make an impact, you're going to do more of that with money, period. It's going to make you more of what you already are. So it's addressing that. What's your upper level issue, right? Where's your financial blueprint, right? Because here's what happens. If you are if you have a blueprint that says, I'm 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 comfortable right at 50,000 or 100, let's say 100K, then all of a sudden you bring bring in to, you, you go up to 200, that's going to trigger some crap, mm-hmm. right? What's your view of the wealthy, <laughs> right? That kind of thing. Who are you going to become when you start to acquire money? So it's navigating people through that. And it's also looking at what the overall vision is for the company, because this isn't all about money. It's about impact. It's about creating the life that you want. I've, I've interacted with people that want a $300,000 business, and that's where they want to be. They don't have a desire for a seven-figure company. If you don't desire that, we're not going to create it, right? The other thing is looking at, now that we've got money coming in, right, what's the next problem that shows up for you? Are you overworked? Are you underwhelmed by your product product offerings? Are you are you working, working too much, too many hours? What is it? There's going to be a, a next problem that will show up once they start to sell high ticket. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And then, so when they're at that high ticket level, do you ever feel like, people go backwards or is it just literally you're a high ticket and you're going all the way? Yeah. Sometimes they will revert back. And that's part of the, part of the work and part of the support. It's why the programs I offer are 12 months, because what can happen is remember this, when you elevate at that level, right? When you, that's, you are developing a new sense of self. I want everybody to get that. It's a new sense of self. So your ego, which is your current sense of self will likely be massively triggered by the up level. Right, Because the way the ego sees it is in order for me to step into this new sense of self, my old sense of self has to die. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you'll start to create resistance to the new sense of self. You might create three sales at the 9K level and then create four or five people in a row that tell you you're absolutely insane for charging 9000 Or somebody that you charge 9000 will try to sue you. Or you'll create an experience that will massively trigger the ego 
and you'll you'll have the inkling. Oh my gosh, should I run back to safety? And that is a very that is a pivotal pivotal moment. Most people will create some sort of circumstance. The circumstance could be that they have to have 30 sales calls before somebody says yes. The circumstance might be somebody gets mad at them, but you got to understand the ego is going to fight for its life. Mm-hmm. It's normal. It's part of the process. I'm not trying to say, hey, you're going to create something bad, but think about this. How often do you try to manifest something? You're trying to manifest another 100,000, and the first thing you manifest is the polar opposite of that. That's ego. <laughs> That's the ego going, I want to stay here. I want to stay in the familiar. What are you thinking? Who do you think you are? You can't possibly generate another 100,000. Look who you're going to become. Look at all these rich people who are pompous and they're jerks and they're stuck up and they treat people horribly. You don't want to become one of those. Run. That's what the ego is saying. And you'll create all these circumstances that validate that. Mm-hmm. And without support, that's a tough go. Yeah. Now, do you find like there is a gap between even how quick you're going to get results. So if you're jumping from that 3K to 9K or 5K to 15K, do you find like there's that gap between nothing's happening and you're just kind of working and working and then all of a sudden it's like, bam, it goes? It depends on the person. You know, it's a very individual thing. It depends on the belief system of the person. There's people that can move incredibly quickly through that. For me, it happened in about three or four months. And then I had a small period of reverting back. You know, my first price increase was from $300 a month to $2,500 a month. And I did that back in 2008. So I got a, I got a yes on the new price, right? And then I got like a, a bazillion no's. <laughs> and then I went back down to 9,000 and back down to 6,000. And fortunately, I had a, a very conscious mentor who saw that in me and navigated me through all the head trash that allowed me to go right back up. And then I went 15,000, 25,000, 35,000, 50,000, 75,000, 100,000. And that's been the journey, but it's a very, very individual journey. Amazing. So you mentioned a couple of times that you work with individuals to help them go through this journey and you work with them for a year. So why don't you explain a little bit more about that? Yeah, it is. It's a 12 month program. You know, it's a very small group, you know, so what that is, is we have pods of four. So everybody's in a pod of four. You're never on a call with more than four people. Everybody on the call gets 15 or 20 minutes with me every single week. And then there's support throughout. In other words, if your pod is on Wednesday and you hit your shit on Friday, you send me a text message and I'll hop on a call and that's a private call. So it's a high level of support, but it's delivered, like I said, in a very small group container. And so I have right now, we're running four pods of four inside of that program. And then I have a second program, which I mentioned that we're running just for another six months. It's called High Ticket Sales Mastery mentorship, which is a little bit of a larger group situation. It doesn't have that same level of intimacy. It's a bigger group program. It's less expensive. So it really depends on where a person wants to be. So the elite program is the small pods. High ticket sales mastery mentorship is a bigger group for less expensive. And then of course I have one-to-one for those people that are ready to just be in a completely private container. They don't want to work in any group. And we do that, you know, we do it through interview. In other words, a person comes in, I interview them. We, we talk about vision. We talk about where they are, where they want to get. And we're pretty selective on, on who we take in for that. But those are the different options in terms of how people can work with me. Amazing. And then do you find like people have to be at a certain level within their company to start any of those programs? or It has more to do with how they think. It has more to do with how they think. That's what I'm looking for. I've had people 
who've come in into a private container with me, which is $75,000, completely private, right? They're coming up, for example, maybe they're coming out of corporate and they've worked in corporate HR, they were corporate VP, but they've never had a coaching client in their life, haven't generated a nickel as a coach. And then in three, four months, they're generating 20, 30K a month. So I'm looking for how do they think? And it's more of an energetic thing. You know what I mean? It's not, oh, if you're not at 100,000, you can't come into this program. Because I think that that would be a disservice because I've had so many situations where I'll talk to a person who hasn't enrolled clients before, but they're so ready for private work. <laughs> so I don't, I don't put people in a box like that because I, I feel like it's, it underserves people. Yeah. I'm not going to make an assumption based on a financial result that you are a certain type of person. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to look and I'm going to, you know, base it on my intuition, base it on how the conversation goes, base it on, you know, how am I perceiving your confidence? How hungry are you? All that kind of stuff. And I'll direct a person based on that. So I don't have any more questions for you except for one last one. So I always like to end off my episodes by asking, what is the one piece of advice that you would give a fellow entrepreneur? Oh, wow. The one piece of advice that I would give entrepreneurs, wow, spend more time learning the skill set of selling than anything else. Because here's how I, here's how I feel about this. You can have the best marketing on the planet. If you do not know how to do enrollment and you do not know how to do conversion, all of that money spent on marketing is wasted. Your impact is being missed. Marketing will bring people to you. But at the end of the day, if you don't know how to do conversion in a way that's authentic, in a way that's real, in a way that feels real for you, then there's a huge amount of impact that's being left on the table. It's a, such an important skill set. Most people are really have really icky feelings about it. Um, because they don't want to be salesy and they don't want to be aggressive or manipulative. And I want everybody to understand that an effective enrollment conversation is structured like a coaching conversation. Hmm. It's about being curious. It's about asking questions. It's about understanding them. And when they feel understood, that is when they buy. And when you're understanding someone else, it never feels pushy. It never feels aggressive. It never feels sleazy or manipulative. And they will perceive you as different than anybody in the marketplace because nobody is out there selling like that. Yeah, I love that. But honestly, you gave a lot. I wrote down so many quotes that you've said. So thank you for all of that. The biggest thing I feel like I took away today was if you think that you're ready for that next step, do it. Trust your instincts. Trust your gut. Trust that you can do it. It's possible for you, but also be okay that it is a journey, which I think a lot of people, they want it either to happen now or they're too scared to even take that that first step. Yeah. Just remember Zen. You know, Zen basically means, it doesn't mean calm. You know, that's not what Zen is. Zen basically means be one with what is. If that's where you are, be one with it. Be okay with it. And it's the same thing with feelings. If you're happy, be one with being happy. If you're sad, be one with being sad. Let yourself be sad. If you're angry, let yourself be angry. Being Zen means not to be arguing with what is. Just remember this. Stress is not created by what is. Stress is created by the argument we have with what is. Mm -hmm. Go with the flow. That's it. Go with it. Amazing. Well, now where can people find you? The best place to find me is on Facebook, to be honest. You know, in terms of free content, I have a free Facebook group is called Sales Mastery Inner Circle. 
So hop over there, hop over to Sales Mastery Inner Circle. There's three or four questions you have to answer to come into the group, but you hop on in there. Every Thursday, I do live content. There's tons of interaction in there. There's about 4,000 in the group, so it's a great community. So I'd love to see people inside of Sales Mastery Inner Circle. Amazing. So I'll make sure to link that in the show notes for anyone who wants to jump in to the Facebook group. I know I will be jumping in there. Chris, I can't thank you enough. You have... <laughs> giving me some motivation, actually. You made me think a lot during this conversation. So I greatly, greatly appreciate this conversation. And thank you for being on the podcast. I appreciate it. But I hope you have the best day. Yeah, you as well. Take care. Thank you so much for hanging out with me on this episode. I am so grateful that you show up each and every week. I hope these tips and tricks have brought you some new ideas and new inspiration for your business. If you love this conversation, let me hear it. Leave us a rating and review on the More Than Social podcast and be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Share it with someone who you know needs this message and together, let's make an impact and let's make a business that we love. I'll see you next week. Thank you.